Hello and good morning or good afternoon now because literally it just turned 12 o'clock. Welcome to the new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL, rocking one of my favorite shirts. Of course, I'm a Marvel stan. I'll be the first one to admit that. But we have an incredible show for you. This is, of course, the Tuesday edition of the Xbox Factor Podcast. And uh, we're going to have some Metro gameplay, Metro Exodus gameplay for the first half. The second half is going to be brought to you by Forza Horizon 3, of course, on the glorious Hot Wheels track. And I received from the thumbnail you saw. We're going to be talking some um, um, Hot Wheels and what what we're hoping comes to the table in Forza Horizon 5. Now, obviously, we know we're getting the incredible countryside of Mexico. We're going to be driving through Mexico City and lots of the locals there. But it, it's what comes after. Now, I know that it's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. But with that said, we want to talk about what potentially could come to um, Forza Horizon 5 in the form of DLC. Now, one of the things, Zemi Games, you remember this. And this is a topic that we're bringing all the way back from when uh, the Welsh Gamer was still a part of the show. And obviously the Welsh gamer, you know, we're hoping that he at some point or another, at least guests appears. I, don't, I haven't talked to him in a while. I know that the last time I talked with him, his wife was working extreme hours because she is a nurse and obviously COVID was a big problem. So hopefully we can get him to guest at least. But Zemi, we had talked about um, a kart racing, an Xbox, an Xbox ultimate kart racing kind of a scenario. And I, I have someone that brought this up in Twitter, and I want to give him credit, but I, uh, that's the topic we're going to you know, t- uh, cover in a bit. But let's get into the introductions. And, of course, Zemi Games, I just mentioned you. How the heck are you? You got your Baby Yoda shirt on. You're looking, looking fit. How's things, bro? Baby Yoda makes me look so much better than what I He's would. Absolutely. And Baby Yoda him. makes uh, everyone no. <laughs> look so much better. Um, but yeah, no man, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I've been playing a lot of uh, of uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, after nice. I beat Mass Effect, it, it has just gotten me on a huge RPG kick that I just cannot shake. And uh, so I, you know, I went back, played uh, Inquisition. I still have some more uh, like DLC stuff to do in the game. Uh, and then I'm going to move on to probably other uh, RPGs. But no, I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, been busy. And I uh, can't wait to jump into the show, talk about all these uh, fantastic topics that you have lined up for us today, man. Well, I'm happy for you, but also sad. Uh, I'm sad because after Dragon Age Inquisition, well, b- basically Bioware took a shit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, sorry. Someone had to say it in the room. And Pong Soul, I feel like I haven't, we haven't podcasted in what seems like a month. It always, it always feels that way. How is my brother from another? Man, busy, busy, busy life, real life, uh, real man. life, yeah, yeah, real life. You know, this, this happens. So we're getting, we're getting back to normal, kind of. So it's been kind of crazy adjusting. So I haven't been as many podcasts. I haven't been as many chat rooms because work is just absolutely crushing me right now. But you know what? It's Tuesday. We're back on Xbox Factor Podcast. I. I'm always ready to talk games, and now that real life has been so busy, I even get more excited for these days. And, of course, besides yourself, Zemi, we've got my brother from another Mav here, so I get to talk to him finally, uh, because it has been since Friday since I've actually spoken to him, too. So, man, I'm ready to get in these topics, boom. It's uh, It's been a while, so let's get down to it. 
Well, listen, thanks so much for being here. And of course, our, I mean, basically, he's no longer even a special guest. He has a golden ticket. He, he has a key to the condo. So and he's he taking advantage. Come, yeah. If he wants, <laughs> if he wants to come in and throw his feet up on, on the couch, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Mav, how the heck are you, bro? Hey, this, this couch is really comfy, boom. I like it. <laughs> well, it's a welcoming um, couch and you are welcome yeah. anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for letting me crash again. Um, you guys are uh, absolutely awesome. In, in the chat, I already see like 90 something people here um, yeah, ready crazy. to go. Yeah, uh, this is going to be fun. I, I, I liked the topic list that you sent too. So there's lots of fun stuff to talk about. Well, you know what? Um, it's it's great to have you a part of the show. And you know what? I, I'm I'm I, I enjoy the cheekiness of social media, especially <laughs> when it's Xbox throwing that shade and of course that is what we're going to open up with because i went to twitter this morning and i saw you know it was nice and sunny and all of a sudden i saw this this big black morning shade cloud come in and i'm saying who threw this shade up this early in the morning and it of course was the opening salvo to get everyone's blood pumping on the panel in the chat and of course this comes to us from the official account Twitter account, I should say, of Xbox Game Pass. Now, these marketing geniuses have completely stolen the book from Sony. Sony, if you've heard me talk about this, even going back to X, uh, to Friday's um, Breakfast with Boom, seems to be a little out of sorts as of late. Now, I'm not sure what they did, who they changed, why they changed, but the masters of marketing seem to have, let's just say, tied their shoes together and are tripping all over the place. Well, this is what I woke up to. And here is what the official Twitter account of Xbox Game Pass had to say. You know what's better, better than optimization? Free optimization. <laughs> That's right. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order via EA Play, The Elder Scrolls Online, Doom Eternal, Greedfall, and A Plague's Tale Innocent are all now optimized for the Xbox Series X and S. End quote. Now, you know, listen, Pong, I'm going to go to you first on this because we have both seen the ugly side of the way Sony used to do business, and they constantly went out of their way to rub uh, Microsoft and its fans, for that matter, nose in the mud. And it seems as if they are now getting a bit of their own medicine, almost like that old comic book that you and I kind of grew up reading. Won't you, you know, when you turn to the back and you're just about to finish your comic, it showed the bully, right? That was kicking yeah. sand in the in, in, in the guy's face. And it said, yeah, go to work out at this gym, whatever. And he came back that next summer and he was cock D and he beat the shit out of the bully, right? So that is kind of what's happening here. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, you got to take advantage whenever you get it, right? That's what Sony have been masters of in the past is taking advantage of any little trip up, uh, any little stumble yes. uh, that Xbox you know, would make, right? They, they would jump all over it, take the advantage, and obviously get the word out on their own positive side of things. And, and that's exactly what Xbox is doing at this point. Uh, you know, their social media team is on point. Their marketing team has been on point. Um, Ever since we came into this uh, next gen, actually starting last year, we really saw a change in a, in a real focus 
from all of those teams. And I think this is this is just a part of it. You know, again, to be aware, uh, you know, of what's going on in the social media space uh, takes takes a, a special group of people. They have to be ready at a moment's notice to say, hey, look at this. This is, you know, this is trending or look at what people are talking about right now. How can, how can we go ahead and use this spin for us? Um, and that's exactly what they're doing here. I think it's fantastic. Uh, again, I, you know, all's fair in love and war. Uh, and when it comes to competition like this, you, you've got to, and you've got to give it back and you got to give credit to, 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 to the Xbox teams for being in a position now where they feel that they can do this stuff, right? That they are the ones not so much stumbling anymore they're the ones now that are coming from more of a position of power uh because they have really been on a roll and obviously xbox in general has been on a extremely positive uh role at this point so they are just jumping all over it which is exactly what their jobs are supposed to be um and they're handling handling it perfectly uh so i got to give props to them love it love to see this it's fun this is what real competition's about. Uh, Sony yep. has been dominant for so long. They got, you know, they, they kind of rested on, on their uh, laurels. And now Xbox is reminding them, hey, uh, guess what, guys? We're all in. Uh, and that means that we're coming for you. And we're coming for the top. And so love to see this stuff. This stuff is fun and, and it's great. Now, if you're wondering where this is coming from, uh, this is this is pivoting at its best. And Zemi, I, I want to go to you because on last night's unbelievable primetime gaming if you missed out first of all we had uh miles dompierre from windows central he hung out with us for over two hours um and uh, we got a chance to talk and the opening topic for yesterday that was an hour and 15 minutes was sony's big problem that is going to be and now eventually going to become a problem for the gaming the gamers and that is their unbelievable relentlessness when it comes to making us or trying to make us pay for old games with new little things. And I'm talking about the, not, not remasters, not, you know, not games built from the ground up. I'm talking about director's cuts. And these director's cuts are going to be a problem. Uh, how much of a problem? Well, that really depends on how many of the director's cuts. We know of five of them. And this started with Spider-Man Miles Morales, where the only way you can get the 2018 upgraded PlayStation 5 version was, of course, to pay the $70. Now, Boom, unfortunately, did do that because I love Spider-Man so much. And then what I did is I realized it was a waste of money because I didn't play the game. I played Miles Morales. I'm, I think, one trophy away from a, a platinum, and I loved that game. And as much as I love Spider-Man, I didn't want to run through it again. So I wound up spending the $70 and wasting my money instead of just getting Miles Morales like I should have. And uh, now we know that uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is one of my favorite new IPs for PlayStation, uh, has a director's cut coming out. We know that um, um, we have uh, Death Stranding uh, having a director's cut that, uh, that, um, that, that the uh, director himself didn't like the idea that Sony called it a director's cut. We also have uh, Box Art Image of of uncharted with all with all four games and um you know and the uh, dlc in there now is that true it did someone did i mean if they I put it to this way if they did uh, make that up if it's a mock then it did sony needs to hire them but zemi 
want to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Knowing, seeing, seeing how Xbox pivoted and has taken advantage of Sony's stumble. You know, everyone is seems to be a little bent out of shape about this. You know, this what seems to be a, a fad for them uh, of director's cuts and making people pay for the PlayStation Five upgrade because that's really what it comes down to. Like for instance, Ghost of Tsushima's New Island, Iki Island. Is a twenty dollar DLC, but but it costs thirty dollars if you want it for the PlayStation Five. Why is that? Because they're charging you ten dollars for the upgrade. They're saying that no, no, we're giving you lip sync and we're giving you, uh, you know, a haptic trigger. But I already paid for the haptic trigger, uh, you know, capability when I bought the PlayStation Five. So you want me to pay again? So now I'm kind of on the fence. Do I? Do I? You know, do I just wait for a sale or something? And do I, do I support this madness? What What are your thoughts on the cheekiness of Xbox Game Pass telling everyone that hey, all the upgrades are free? Yeah, I mean, you know, as Pong said, it comes from a position of power, right? You know, it wasn't all that long ago on the grand scheme of things, right? That we 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 saw PlayStation doing something very very similar to this, right? Um, with the uh, this is how you share your games, yes, um, <clears throat> and. At that time, Xbox was uh, very much not in a position of power, um, you know, and, and they and they wouldn't be for pretty much all of the generation to follow. However, right now today, Xbox is in a very very strong position, right? They're they're doing the consumer friendly practice of not making us pay extra for things that you know we we quite possibly have already purchased. Um, or, or you're better yet purchased on our previous console, right? Right. You know, they just automatically upgrade whatever version that we have for whatever console we, we, we buy it for. That's the new way of doing it, right? The way that Sony, you know, is currently doing it has, has kind of historically been done. Um, but you know, it, it puts Sony in, in a, in a weaker position and Xbox is just capitalizing on that the same way that Sony capitalized on this is how we play our games. Uh, I like that. You know, I like the way that they're that they're doing it. Um, I I I think it makes a lot of marketing sense for them, and it's a strategy that you know, quite frankly, worked very very well for Sony in the previous generation. Um, I don't know how well the strategy is going to work for Xbox this time around, but it, none you know, nonetheless, it's still really really you know interesting to watch, fun to see, and it, and it helps gamers realize that you know um, if you don't want to pay. The fifty, you know, dollars for these upgrades, or the thirty dollars for the uh, these upgrades, or whatever it may be. If you don't want to buy the same game multiple times, maybe go with Xbox, right? I agree. And, and it's yeah. just a nice, subtle, classy way of saying that, um, which I really, really like. I really like how Xbox isn't coming out and name shaming anyone, any company, anything. They're just basically saying, you know, hey, you know, we hear that, you know, there's there's all these problems that you guys are having issues with our console. Uh, doesn't have these problems, right? So maybe you should come check us out. Um, I, I really like, you know, their direction that they're taking this. I, 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 for me, I, I think the best word to put on it is, is class, right? Yes. You know? Yes. Good, um, good point. But but ultimately, you know, I, I would really be interested to 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 see what's going through Sony's head to make them feel like this is this is the good path for them to take, right? You know, maybe this was in the plans. This was in the pipeline. Uh, you know, maybe a year ago, like they they had planned to to release these remastered versions this way, and they just didn't, you know, backtrack on that previous statement or whatever it may be. But they are in 
not the strongest position right now and they're doing these types of practices. It just makes me wonder why exactly they're doing that. Uh, but regardless, you know, Xbox, they're capitalizing on it. They're doing a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, it, we'll just have to wait, see uh, how much more of this Xbox might do and how big of an impact, you know, on, on you know, console sales and, and, and you know, people jumping into Game Pass, so on and so forth. You know, what, what is the return on the, you know, investment for them uh, taking, you know, this, this strategy straight out of Sony's playbook to use it for themselves? You know, it's interesting. Uh, let me, I want to read a quote because someone mentioned this on last night's primetime gaming. Lost Forever in the chat says PlayStation only has director's cuts, no new games this year. Mav, I, I want to grab your opinion on this because, you know, a lot of people, including myself, are still on the fence for Horizon Forbidden West. I feel that if this was coming out in 2021, Sony would have went out of their way during the, you know, 14 minute snippet or game slice whatever you want to call it and said right at the end you know november whatever 2021 i know some people are saying well they're kind of waiting on microsoft to drop the date for halo i don't think that's the case at all i think that these director's cuts are a cheap way to say hey listen we have exclusives that you love back for the playstation 5 and ps by the way here's you know it's going to cost x y and z and it's it's Sony's way of making new money with old games. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Well, it's definitely a, a way to keep making money. That's for sure. The the um, thing about Horizon, like they didn't say, you know, and then they came out later and they said that, hey, it's up in the air, right? They're trying to hit 2021, but they don't know. It ain't going to be 2021, no. right? So is, is this because of horizon no i don't think so i think i think that they were going to do this anyway right all along and and that kind of goes along with uh, when they launched with miles morales and that and that whole thing right um the, all of these things are the director's cut the spider-man miles morales all of all of that stuff is our definitive editions yes they just aren't using that term because last gen it developed a negative connotation where people were like, Oh, another definitive edition. They're making us buy the game all over again. So they were very clever in thinking of ways of doing the same thing, but marking it and spinning it in a completely different way. And that's all they're doing. They're reselling the same game again with extra content. That's exactly what a definitive edition is. At least with um ghost of tsushima you can upgrade it that is the a little bit better than what they did previously right but it, it's still it's still kind of crappy compared and, and a lot of people are, are saying well you know it only looks bad because of xbox and whatever what xbox is doing and there's some truth to that but it's not just xbox that is is giving us the free optimizations it's EA's doing it with they did it with Jedi Fallen Order, right? Um, uh, CD Projekt Red is doing it with um, with Witcher Three. That's that's coming. Yeah, um, we we've got it with Metro Exodus as yes. well. I mean, we just got it with Dark Souls Three. Like that, yeah, got well, a, that's yes boost. <laughs> well, that is okay. So that if you want to go into that, that's a hardware improvement on the Series X, much like haptics would be a hardware improvement on the ps5 xbox right. is not charging 
again for use of FPS boost that the console is capable of. They're not charging again for auto HDR. The console is already capable of those are hardware elements. They devs can should be able to release patches for games going back to PS4 era to allow haptic feedback on any of these games, right? Uh, there's no reason why they should be handicapped to saying it's a PS5 version of the game or or having any kind of difference there uh, that they have to pay above and beyond for. It, it's just a way to make more money. Now, they're not the only ones doing that also. Take-Two is doing it. Um, Activision is doing it as well. So, you know, it it kind of goes along with the, the companies that have set that $70 price point are usually the ones falling in line with this kind of, this kind of stuff right now. Um, and uh, that's, you see also those companies are the ones that had the highest profit earnings when they um, did Which their earnings ridiculous. calls last year, yes. like 50% increases, 50% yep. increases, right? So the argument of inflation, the argument of, oh, this needs to happen, this has to happen because, you know, movies have gone up or whatever, whatever it's, it's BS, right? Like these companies are doing great. There's no reason to have $60, $70 games, and there's no reason to charge for next-gen upgrades because it's the same thing they did last generation. Certain companies have gone away from it and have improved the way they're handling and treating the customers, and some have actually gone worse. So uh, just take a look, and you can you can see what's out there. Well, I'm going to say this again. This is, you know, the only way that this stops is if you don't buy them and I'm not going to buy them. I'm not buying any of the uh, the upgrades. As a matter of fact, I've come to the real decision that as much as I want Ghost of Tsushima's uh, DLC, there's there's so much that I'm playing right now that I, I'm, I'm not going to submit that extra ten dollars. Uh, if, 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 if there was a, a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version, which there should be by all rights, there is not. Um, I would pay the $20 for the DLC, but you know what? It, what was great about last night's show, I mean, there was a ton of stuff great about last night's show. There was a comparison, a direct comparison to Sony versus Xbox, and uh, it, it had to do with Gears, Gears 5 specifically. Gears 5 had an upgrade for free, right, to the Xbox Series X version, and if you had Xbox Game Pass... You got the DLC, the $20 DLC that was sold separately for free. Whereas now you look at what Sony is doing with Ghost of Tsushima, and there is no upgrade for free. There is no Xbox Game Pass type of service. What they're saying is, hey, we're going to give you a lip sync. We're going to give you haptic trigger uh, use. Uh, and, oh, and you know what? It's going to cost you 30 bucks. You get $20 DLC and $10 for the extra stuff that we're putting in there. And that stuff isn't really extra, is it? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Boom. Also, the, the most messed up thing about this whole thing is that you can't just upgrade your regular version. You have to get the DLC in order yes, to upgrade it. That is correct. So they're locking the enhancement of your copy of the original title behind purchasing extra content. That's the same thing they did with Spider-Man. These, these are definitive editions. Yeah, it's disgusting. It, 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 it's certainly not. I'm not going to support it. But listen, as we close in on 250 people here, I want to suggest, please hit the like button. Want to give a couple of shout outs for some super chats that came in. Kill Antis for a super chat of the day. He drops a $5 super chat and says, I got my brother uh, uh, series uh, Xbox Series X yesterday. Never seen them so happy. Congratulations. And yes, folks, real quick, 
Uh, check the if you're still looking for an S specifically. Um, it's it's they they had them this morning in the Xbox uh, in the Microsoft Store. I don't know if anyone's interested in getting one. I have one. I think it's it's in the bedroom. It's fantastic. So yeah, head over to uh, Microsoft and see if they if they still have them. They you know they had a few of them, which is pretty cool. Um, the next two, two super chats that came in uh, are from Jr. Pole. He drops a very generous five dollars super chat and says, "Not sure if this is a topic today, but th- does Phil's statement today on overseas acquisitions have any effect on your most recent acquisition predictions?" Now, here's the thing: that came into my feed late last night. I pulled the story. What I'm going to do is uh, that's going to be pushed forward to the Thursday show because I haven't had a chance to read it. And then I have to write my own notes based upon it, but that is going to be accompanying the uh, new list of, of Xbox exclusives coming in the next three years, folks. I got to tell you something right now. This was a list that was provided by friend of the community, Clobriel, and the list is just monstrous specifically 2023. If, if this is comes to fruition, folks, Xbox will have officially kicked in the door and has take and will have taken over gaming as we know it. And Lord Roughness, generous friend of the show, he drops a five dollar super chat and says, "I think Sony realized real early that their unusual way of doing things in business was going to be a struggle this gen. Hence the price hiking. That's that's something to be had for sure, uh, and that's a great point. But let's get into uh, let me see, let me pull up one of the main topics of the show." You know, in what can be uh, another indication that Microsoft is serious about Japan uh, and, 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 and what they want to do in that region of the world uh, post-COVID, uh, in a new interview with Famitsu Wave, Microsoft Gaming Technical Specialist of Global, uh, of, 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 well, it says here, glo- uh, I guess the global studio aspect of it, uh, Janya Samada has talked about their extended support for developers in Japan, including the big ones like Bandai Namco and, of course, the indie community, which is at this point, folks, if you didn't, if you weren't here last week, we talked about this directly, that right now, at any given time in Xbox's history, they've never had more game development kits out to Japanese developers ever. That, that, that's, that says something, folks. Now, the area of focus here... Uh, for Microsoft in game development in this particular program by Microsoft seems to be anyone and everyone that wants to be a part of the ecosystem in one way or another. And that goes from the big AAAs like a Bandai Namco all the way down to the indies. Now, they are. what's interesting about this specific story is Microsoft themselves, Xbox, is focused on support for reforming the work styles in a remote work environment because of COVID. They're teaching these Japanese developers how to literally build their companies from working at home and making them uh, still have a way to expand in the industry's ecosystem. I think it's a fantastic story. Now, this is probably a story that not many podcasts are going to talk about, but it's one you're going to find on the Xbox Factor podcast because obviously I think it's important. Now, one of the companies that were mentioned in being a part of this from the beginning was Bandai Namco, and they are now shifted the entire company to a cloud-based development work 
environment using the Azure service. Now, this this uh, uh, Pong is pretty interesting because you know we've seen a lot of the other you know Japanese companies like a Square literally almost exclusively work with Sony to some extent, and we've seen a lot of Bandai Namco um, titles not only have the marketing rights for Xbox, but coming to the platform where in years before, Sony got them first and we kind of got sloppy seconds. And, uh, you know, and, and the recent one uh, that slips my mind, um, Scarlet Nexus is a perfect example of that. Now, they used to have a heavy focus on office-based work, but that has changed thanks to Microsoft because of the impact of COVID-19 within the workplace environment. Now, Junya had this to say, we are thinking of ways to support indie game developers to build a flexible development environment. What's more interesting here is that Microsoft has also benefited from this venture based on a number of Japanese developers who are now starting to support the Xbox platform. You know, the story continues. Take, for instance, Yakuza is one of the series that was exclusive to PlayStation consoles, but now not only has been ported to the PC, but also released on the Xbox. As a matter of fact, the entire collection is available in Xbox Game Pass. And uh, Zemi, I want to go to you first on this. Now, this may be considered by many a small step in a grander picture that will ultimately lead Xbox to potentially, again, this is a big potential, becoming as mainstream in this region of the world that has been very difficult for them, both as we see with Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 5. Now, granted, some people would suggest that maybe I'm going a little overboard here, but I don't think so, because obviously that region of the world is very mobile. And when I say mobile, it's why the Switch is doing so well there, right? Now, the PlayStation 5 is selling out every time it's there. 56,000 consoles per, per week from what we understand, which is significant. But with that said, being that Xbox Game Pass allows said gamer to get involved in the ecosystem for such a cheap price, they don't have to buy the box. And this could even benefit them better than Nintendo Switch's $300 or $350 OLED coming out at the end of the year. If you are, let's say, a gamer that plays in cafes with your controller in hand and your favorite tablet, you just have to pay 15 bucks. This could potentially have Microsoft leapfrog over both Sony and Nintendo. What are your thoughts on this? On this on this move to, you know, to educate this these uh these developers in this region of the world and it, again, it seems to be paying off. Yeah, I mean, this is uh this is definitely big uh bigger news that we've heard Xbox, you know, kind of have while, while you know operating in Japan here in like recent months. Um, but you know, like like I kind of referred to it, I think a few months back, you know, this is just another piece in the puzzle for yeah. Xbox's grand plan for Japan, right? Uh wait, that just rhymed. <laughs> huh. And that's just neat. That's just nifty, isn't it? Um, but but I really do feel that way, right? Um so, for instance, right, you know, um, they, they're looking for more business opportunities in Japan. Well, a great way of doing that and a great way of, you know, networking with these companies is to find a problem that they are having and then give them the solution, help them fix whatever problem they're having. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like one problem that they were having was incorporating remote work 
uh, into into their development teams, right? Um, and you know, so so Xbox comes in, they help that with you know their software, whatever. They're starting to build up a, an even stronger relationship, and of course, that can result in you know future you know very strong future partnerships with Bandai Namco. Maybe instead of having Sony exclusives just automatically be outright, you know, now Xbox can slide in to get these games uh, released. Uh, the same time that they're released uh, on Sony, right? Which is a which would be a huge um, advantage, especially considering how they're wanting to grow in Japan, right? You know, maybe not necessarily have you know be the market leader in Japan, uh, but it, if nothing else, be able to grow and 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 have stable profits from that region, right? Um, which you know. Ultimately, having these games come to, you know, uh, Xbox, uh, you know, Game Pass or just the Xbox platform in general will go a long way in, 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 in having that, you know, become the reality. You know, being able to play the next Bandai Namco game on, you know, your mobile device uh, at the same time that you could go out and, and play it on maybe your Nintendo Switch or maybe your, your PlayStation. I mean, it, it's, you know, it has huge ramifications, you know, going in the future. But it's just another step, right? It's just another step on, on you know, their path to growing in Japan. Um, and, you know, it, it's still going to be a while until we really ultimately see how well Xbox's work, uh, you know, in this area is going to pay off for the company, right? You know, we can see all of these amazing things and the same way that, you know, we were saying for years, it takes a long time to, you know, to turn this ship around, but also takes a long time to, to you know, to grow in a new market, um, especially if you, you know, you plan to be there, you know, long-term. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see how, you know, this, um, you know, how this affects Xbox's, you know, bigger plans in the region you know, overall, I mean, I can see its importance, right? I think, I think a lot of us can, um, well, I hope most of us can, um, but you know, how it actually plays out in the end, that's what I'm really, really interested to see. Um, but it makes a lot of sense why they would want to do this, build up partnerships to, you know, to, 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 you know, get in the rewards to kind of block Sony from, uh, getting these historical, you know, uh, Japanese exclusives that, you know, really, um, were, were only available to them because Xbox was, was you know, just not interested in, in really getting into the market the way that they are today. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I, I think you're onto something. You know, Pong, I want to grab your opinion on this. Listen, the one thing we can say about Phil Spencer's plans is that it's slow, uh, but it all ultimately, you know, like, Again, if you look at what he talked about when he got the position before, uh, you know, the, 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 on the right hand of, uh, of Satya Nadala, um, he had this big grandeur type of plan, right? He promised uh, that he was going to fix the hardware, right? He did that with the Xbox One X and the Xbox, uh, you know, uh, One S, right? Uh, we, we, we heard that he had plans for first party who had, uh, you know, for, for getting more studios. And, you know, we've heard him you know, specifically talk about Japan, Korea, these places where they have failed notoriously. And it looks like he's keeping his end of the bargain in a big way, especially the story that the, uh, the other uh, gentleman from the chat brought up is that they're looking to make some purchases in other countries to get Xbox to be a worldwide brand, kind of like Sony. And uh, they have the money to do it. And I'm very interested. What are your thoughts on the story about 
them teaching the development community in that region, hey, you can work from home and you can be successful. Just look at what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, boom, we've talked about this so many times on your show when it comes to Phil's vision and Xboxes in general and Microsoft because it wouldn't be possible without Microsoft being behind Xbox now at this point and Xbox being a pillar uh, within the corporation that is Microsoft. When you look at what their plans are, when they started talking about 3 billion gamers, people laughed, right? Yes, Um, they did. As a matter of fact, it's funny you should say that. He was mocked by the gaming media for that statement. Correct. Uh, You know, eyes rolled. uh, You know, they started talking about this years and years ago, and I've seen people try to bring up these old articles when they talked about this stuff uh, back in 2017. Um, about the same kind of idea uh, be, and trying to say, oh, we've heard this all before. This is the same, this is the same dumb stuff I, again, but it's not anymore. This is now a reality. And when you take a step back, if you remove yourself from being just a fan or just a video gamer and you take uh, the satellite view um, and, and you start looking at what that would mean and what it would entail uh, to have these types of global domination uh, plans in place and why what you would have to do to get there especially coming from a uh, you know a Western corporation like Microsoft who has had uh, not the best of names previously decades ago uh, you see the shift that Satya uh, within Microsoft has started to make uh, with Microsoft itself as a corporation and what they are trying to do to start opening up um, to the entire world and try to break through some of those old, uh, you know, those old stereotypes that Microsoft has been labeled with over the decades um, and trying to tell everybody, hey, no, we're different now. They're coming at global domination from a different point of view. It's still their ultimate goal. I mean, again, we look at just, you know, how many how many PCs out in the wild uh, don't run on Windows, right? It's a very small, small, you know, small percentage so when they are all in on something like they are with xbox they are going to do whatever it takes now that means taking advantage of what you have uh you know within your company and with microsoft behind xbox they have a lot including the azure servers we've seen phil start talking about cloud development that's another barrier to entry when it comes to game development that will come down as the years progress we're still in the very beginning stages the infancy of that kind of deal but if they get that up and running and they can introduce that to uh, the industry and make it viable for developers even small indie developers to take advantage of the power that's within the cloud uh, which we're starting to see now uh, in certain games you'll see a thieves the entire ocean is is based upon the cloud you know flight simulator would not be possible without the cloud but we're talking about game development that's going to allow more and more people to take advantage and to get into this industry. And I think what you're seeing here is Xbox, Phil, his team going to these developers in the East and saying, look, we know times are really tough. It's been a tough transition for everybody. Things are still in flux. You know, we may never get back to a total normal, but maybe this is the new normal. So let us help you navigate through these uncharted waters let us help you we've got all of this uh, capability we've got all this tech 
that we can offer to give to you and show you how to use to make this easier on everybody because we want everybody in the industry to succeed. And what that does, like Zemi was just alluding to and talking about, was building these partnerships from a different avenue. Yes, Sony has been the worldwide leader. They have been the dominant force. Being that they were, you know, until they moved, but they were a Japanese company, they had the inroads built in. You know, we, we've heard plenty of people talk about the cultural differences over there. It's not as quick a turnaround when you're talking about the East with those cultural kind of built in you know, built in ideas, right? When it comes to companies and, and dealing with, you know, American companies in particular, Microsoft, Sony had the advantage, but now Microsoft can come in, Xbox can come in and say, Hey, look, we can do something to help you guys out and start bridging those gaps. And this is something that, you know, again, Phil's been talking about for a long time. If you can't simply just walk into the Eastern market, Japan, China, Korea, uh, with all these up and coming developers that we've seen black myth wukong coming out of china you know all these crazy games that we're starting to see if you can't just simply walk in there and say hey we're here and all of a sudden everybody flocks to your system which isn't going to happen they've been trying that for a long time why not try a different route why not try say hey we're going to help you out here and, you know, we're going to show you that we're the good guys. We are just looking to get this industry up to, to speed for everybody. We don't want anybody lagging behind. We're going to help you navigate these uncharted waters. You know what? And in turn, that earns goodwill. And now we've seen, like you were talking about, boom, this relationship with Bandai Namco uh, really kind of foster here. And we, yes. now we're starting to hear some of the behind the scenes as to maybe why we're starting to see that Bandai Namco has been predominantly Sony, right? They, yes. You know, I'm not going to say that they're a square Enix in, in their, in their preference, but they certainly have been in the past uh, more leaning towards Sony. But now you start seeing them get, cut some deals with Microsoft for marketing rights. And yes, there's money involved in that. We know that that's business, but at the same time, I'm sure Sony would have loved to have Scarlet Nexus marketing rights. I'm sure, you know, Tales of Arise, they would have loved to have the, you know, exclusivity on that because they want those JRPGs. But that's not happening as much anymore nope. because of the interest and the offers that Microsoft, Xbox, Phil and his team have been doing all these years. And now this is just another big step towards that. And if they can become, if they can become the friendly company to especially the indie developers over there in these up and coming countries, South Korea, China, exactly, you know, Japan, even, even though they're already, you know, mainstay in the industry, but again, the indie developing scene, if they can become this friendly handout, Hey, let us help you. That goodwill is going to go a huge a, a huge way in shaping the future of what Xbox's ultimate goal is, which is reaching these 3 billion customers worldwide. And they need it. They need that diversity. And it makes sense now that they're talking about these, you know, possibly making acquisitions in other countries. You know, India is another big one too, that they need to get into. So again, if they're going to establish themselves over there, and they're going to do it and they got to have a multifaceted front because it yes. no it, it does not work 
the way that they used to try just by saying, hey, we're going to throw three Xbox 360. We're going to buy, you know, we're going to buy a bunch of exclusive JRPGs and you guys are just going to love it. You're going to come to us and you're going to buy our system. That's not how it works. Right. So now they are fighting this front on all different sides and they are fighting this war on all different sides and they are starting to make progress and that's what it means this is not going to be an overnight success story this is not going to be something we just wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden xbox is the worldwide leader everywhere it's going to take time but phil and his team with satya's backing now has that time and this is the long game that we talk about this is yep. the 10-year 15 20-year vi vision that they now have in place that they're looking for with xcloud Game Pass and and things like this these 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 different avenues they're taking to reach these developers this is what you're seeing and this is the difference again it's a satellite view versus just what we see right in front of us right now in the old style console war stuff that's gone microsoft is now way up above looking down saying hey we're going to try to take all of this over let's get as many people as we can we know what we have to do and we've got all of this great tech we've got all these great people we got all these great plans let's put them all in place and make it work and that's what we're starting to see here yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, and I think it starts with the big ones. Like, you know, the, the indie developers in Japan look towards the squares, look towards the Bandai Namco's for guidance on who to work with. Yep. And, if, and if they continue to work with these big wigs, uh, the big AAA Japanese games, and they start to see more and more of these games go to Xbox, maybe not so much first, but also they're going to be like, you know what? Maybe, you know, Microsoft sent me the dev kit. They're, we're working off the Azure service. They taught me how I can, can forward my business working from home. I'm, I, I, I'm still able to put my game out there without any risk to my family or my personal uh, well-being. That's thanks to Microsoft. You know what? I'm going to put my game on there first because they offered all of this up front. Right, exactly. And and the indie scene is just as important as the yes. big boys. It can work in reverse boom because Absolutely. the indie scene drives a lot of innovation in this industry. We know that. And as that indie scene grows and we're seeing it grow, and as they have access to more and more of these tools like Unreal Engine 5, as Unity gets more and more mature, we've seen bigger type looking games. We've seen triple A looking games come out of small studios. That really is the future. And the more that Microsoft opens this up and Xbox gives these developers a, a helping hand and, and gives them the opportunity and lowers that barrier to entry, that could also influence the big guys too, because yes. the, indie game, the indies are 100%. growing at a faster rate than the big guys. So then they look at that success and they go, Wow, Microsoft's really got something going on over there. Xbox is a good place to be for any type of game. Let's get in there. Let's take advantage of this. So it does work in reverse as well. So both and, ways. And, this, and this, all of this that we're talking about, uh, Pong, Zemi, and Mav, comes on the heels that we, the rumor Microsoft is, gonna is, gonna, is going to lower their cut. Right? So this is something else that, that Sony cannot do and probably wouldn't do. Mav, let's get your opinion on this and then we'll get to topic number three. Where do you fall on the new information on how Microsoft is going out of their way to not only you know teach the big companies how to work from home safely, but the little guys as well, making sure that everyone counts in the conversation? 
Yeah, it just kind of goes away with their leading with uh, services, and that doesn't go just to the players. It goes into the devs as well. Uh, they made a huge emphasis on that um, coming into this generation uh, with some momentum, momentum, and they're building up even more, right? Um, accessibility has been the hallmark of Phil Spencer's uh, era at Xbox, I would say, um, and that affects everybody, right? Um, work they're doing um, with um, accessibility in games, access to games, and then also uh, with the devs, you see what they're doing to try and support them as well. So I think it's earning a lot of goodwill in the uh, dev communities, right? And you see a lot more people are starting to work on games, especially indie devs, right? Or, or, or having access to these tools. And I think it's also going to improve the quality of the games that we get, right? Yeah. Um, the other benefit of this is that it is helping improve the relationship with the overseas devs um, where there has been talk where uh, I think I saw today there was an article and Phil Spencer was even talking. He would be, uh, he would be shocked if within three to five years, they don't have studios in some of these locations that yes. uh, they've never had one before. Right. And, um, and he, he said multiple studios, right. So they're really trying to improve their global reach. And they did some of that when they acquired Bethesda as Zenimax, uh, because they have some uh devs. Well, Tango other, Gameworks other, is is right is, is from Japan. So yep. yeah, and then and then some of the other devs, even part of those teams are in, in other locations around the uh, around the world as well. I can't remember um everything, but um uh they're really kind of expanding more of a global publisher as well. So it, all of these things make sense to help keep the workflows um, organized and also uh, make sure that uh, um, all the devs are supported as much as possible and have accessibility to make games. And that's the reason they're able to do that is because they led the way with tech first with the, with the cloud, with the Azure servers, right? None of this would be possible if they hadn't been doing that first. So they, they got that right. Now they're just supporting everything with it. So it's 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 good to see. I think it's just another another sign they're on the right track right now. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and I, and I, th I, I think when you look at the overall picture of what they want to do, it isn't just focused to where they've been successful. And I think that is really where the hunger for Microsoft in this generation may have been different than many ge generations before, uh, simply because they can they could they, they could easily just focus where people usually buy Xbox, right? They can you know stay in the Americas, you know go to you know go to Mexico City where they're very very popular. Argentina is another one. Australia loves Xbox. We know that 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 you know now it's a bit of a fight to get Europe back. But they're still selling well there, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Jim Ryan found a way to and I think it was Microsoft's fault for pretty much giving up on that region where he was selling five PlayStations to one Xbox. Now, that's not the case now. And of course, like this region, like Japan and Korea, they have to they have to, you know, grind. They have to fight their way back. But they're not being uh, looking at where they have succeeded and they're putting extra effort into that. They're going to where they have failed or they have struggled, and they're going out of their way to make it a point to be relevant in set. Now, again, I'm not suggesting 
that Microsoft is going to swoop in like a superhero and take over and beat out b- both Sony and and um, and Nintendo. I don't think that's going to happen as easily as, as they would like it to. I think Zemi was onto something. They have to go in. They have to grind. They have to, you know, really, uh, you know, be scrutinized more than everyone because they're trying to get, you know, they're the big American company, right, that everyone doesn't like. And they're changing minds and hearts. And I think that, again, this may, again, not the biggest topic of the day for sure, but one that I thought was certainly uh, interesting, uh, worth a conversation, and one you're only going to find here. Now, what I want to do is, um, while we have this playing on the screen, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about our next topic uh, at uh, 12.53. Okay, so you know what? Let me, you know, I want to I talk about Deathloop for a second. Uh, Deathloop, uh, obviously, is, uh, we saw Sony bring that out at their state of play. I think we got nine or 12 minutes, something like that. Now, listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you, folks. Uh, please don't boo me in the chat. It didn't do anything for me. Uh, not because it's a PlayStation exclusive for now and that, you know, uh, you know, that it's coming to Xbox later. It reminds me a lot of Dishonored 2, which I did not like. I loved Dishonored 1, Dishonored 2. I don't know what it was. It just did not grab me like the original title. Well, this next topic... Uh, 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 is, is regarding Deathloop's PS5 exclusivity, and that ends apparently on September 14th, 2022. And in the new, and then of course the newest, uh, you know, gameplay deep dive reiterates in, in, in the in the the actual thing that the PlayStation console exclusivity period is is going to only last a year, and that is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, literally, probably the same or the next day. You could imagine that so, uh, that Microsoft is going to really get behind it. Now, I will say this: uh, after the abysmal, abysmal uh, Sony state of play from last week, which they basically limped onto the stage and limped out off of the stage. Uh, and yes, uh, you know, I, I, again, if, if you get offended by that, you, you got to call a spade a spade here, folks. It wasn't that good of a show. Um, the question that I have, and, and I, and I kind of wish Joe was here uh, to answer this question, but, you know, he's not on this show. He's on the Thursday show. I, I, I want to get the panel's opinion, but more so the chat's opinion on this. Now, one of the things we started seeing from the very negative voices of the PlayStation community is that they, they, they started talking about how they were not going to support this game uh, both games, De- Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, which, by the way, just had a, a, an announcement of a delay. We'll get into that on the Thursday show. But specifically Deathloop because of two very important reasons that many people brought up. One, obviously, it is going to eventually become an Xbox exclusive. And if there's a sequel, well, I could imagine that it's only going to be on Xbox. So if you're a PlayStation-only player... Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get the sequel. You're gonna have to potentially go over and play on another platform. But the fact that Xbox fans and actually people said this uh, are getting it free with Xbox Game Pass when it becomes available on Xbox. Now, folks, if if you are the minority uh, of these PlayStation folks that are pissed off that Xbox seems to be giving their shirt off the back to us, the gamers. 
Well, then you know what? Your anger should really be focused upon Sony not doing the same thing for you. Now, granted, I have all three consoles. So if said game and I, that I'm very interested in is on said console, I'm just going to play it first like I did with Final Fantasy VII. I will not be doing that with Deathloop because I am not going to spend the money when I know it's coming in Xbox Game Pass for free. And again, again, I would much rather try it because it's in Game Pass than dropping the 60 bucks on it. Um, Mav, I'll start with you on this. Uh, you obviously are pretty hip to what goes on within the community because you obviously run your own show. Did you see the same chatter as me? And do you think that this has a chance to fail? on the PlayStation 5 simply because there are a lot of people that may not want to support this because it's eventually going to be an Xbox exclusive. That I haven't actually considered that aspect of it, the game failing because of, because of the negativity. Um, wow. Okay. No, yeah, I think that definitely the word of mouth around our communities and that goes into Twitter community. It goes into forums online. It goes to all that, you know, the hard, the hardcore gamers are the ones that really that are more invested into all that kind of stuff. Right. And once the word of mouth starts going around about something being bad, even if it's not, then it can kind of spread to the casual audience as well. And you see like, the review scores from users online are bad and then they can kind of create biases within the media and all that kind of stuff as well. So can I see it actually having an impact on the game? Yes. And the reason I'm thinking that is because we have a lot of examples of exclusives on platforms that are attacked for these very reasons. Right. Um, MLB, the show actually score dropped because of because of this as well i don't know how it affected it in sales wise but i for one thing i think it's kind of ridiculous you know um it doesn't matter right that it's an xbox game studio game now this is the same game you were going to get before the acquisition happened the contract is the same nothing is going to be different they're actually taking their time to make sure that the game is complete and right right and, and done well so um is the game for me not as much because I didn't really like uh, Prey, the new Prey that much. I didn't really like Dishonored that much. So I'm not super excited for it. I did think it looked like high quality. I did think it looked good. I think there's an audience for it. What I'm hoping is the audience for that game really goes out there and plays it and enjoys it and just doesn't worry about what anybody else is saying because there's a lot of that um, that goes on, unfortunately. And I hope I hope it doesn't have an impact like that, boom, because uh, that would be a shame. It'd be a shame for the potential future of a franchise, right? Yeah, it, it would be considering that it's a new IP. But again, some yeah. people uh, don't support multiple consoles. There are some people that uh, financially can't afford to do so. And if you're a part of that group, listen, I I I I'm sorry for you. Uh, my vice is gaming. I don't have a lot of vices. It, it's where I, I invest, you know, into a a good sound system, a good TV. And the consoles to play games because I'm a gamer. So I don't really care where I play, uh, but I specifically play mostly on Xbox. Uh, real quick, uh, Eric83 in the chat uh, says, uh, it's not free uh, for Game Pass. You're paying monthly. Uh, well, you know what? See, that, see that's the trick, isn't it? Uh, and it's really tomatoes or tomatoes because I don't know about you. 
Uh, I haven't paid for Game Pass in two years because I have I I, I have I'm paid up until the end of uh, 2022. I think even all, all, all into the first month of 2023. So did I did I pay for it up front? And I, I, I mean I, I I don't understand the comment. I mean you know I understand that technically it's not free, but I mean really you know if. if I put it to this way: You're paying for it on PlayStation, and I'm sure that if you're a PlayStation-only player, you wish that you had the same ability, and you don't. And Sony will never give that to you because they want to keep clobbering us over the head. Uh, and that's why I only buy their first-party games on that console. So, oh, boom! You know something crazy? If you think about it, if you want to compare value for the ten dollars of haptic feedback uh, feature set on uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, you can get 400 games for a month. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> let's just let's just take it even a step further than that. How many games are on Game Pass? Like 200, 300, something like that. It's divide, 400 and something. Divide yeah. ten dollars by 200, 300, and and you're looking at getting multiple games uh, for, pennies. for pennies. For pennies, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, it is what it is. If you if you support Game Pass, good on you. You're a winner. If you don't, well, I'm not going to say you're a loser. I'm going to say that you should probably consider supporting Game Pass because you're getting the inherent value that you can't find on either Nintendo or specifically Sony, which is charging you $10 for PlayStation 5 upgrades that we open up the show telling you that that is not, in fact, the case with, of course, Xbox. Uh, Pong Soul. Again, not a big topic, but I think worthy of a conversation. What are your thoughts on this? Um, so I guess I, I I look at Arcane. I look at the situation like this. Okay, Arcane might have been actually closed down if it had not been for the Zenimax acquisition. Right? They were probably, probably. on. They were probably on the bubble. Uh, for sure, right? Their lifetime sales, um, you know, for Dishonored 2, I think is somewhere around like two and a half million uh, across all consoles. That's estimated, obviously, but somewhere in that neighborhood. So it certainly never has been a gigantic seller. Arcane games in general have never been gigantic. They're, they're very niche. They, they are. They're critically acclaimed. Uh, they they are beloved uh, by the critics, uh, but you know as far as a fan base goes, I think they have a solid fan base who really enjoy arcane games. I'm one of them. So when I look at Deathloop and I see the dishonored mechanics being used, I see uh, the unique style um, and some of the different elements that they've put in there. That appeals to me. It's definitely a game that I am looking forward to. When we talk about the subject of whether or not the you know some of the some of the people on social media again, which is even a smaller group than what we're talking about here, uh, start bad mouthing a game simply because it's going to be coming uh, to Xbox, uh, you know, obviously after the year. Um, I think that, you know, again, I don't know how much water that holds. I think it's probably going to do as well as Dishonored 2 did on uh, Sony, no matter what, because I think the true Arcane fans are the ones who are going to pick it up no matter where it's at. So I don't know if we count that as a failure because I don't think it's going to be some gigantic, huge seller. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to blow up unless, you know, again, it could come out. It could become a thing. You know, streamers have a big impact on that, too. And the yeah. If this becomes a you know beloved game on stream with streamers, uh, with kind of that uh, 
not just the gameplay itself, the gameplay loop, uh, but also when you can actually enter somebody else's game as an assassin and try to stop them. If that becomes a big giant kind of draw for the streamers as far as a play mechanic goes, then I could see it, you know, getting bigger than what we, you know, anticipated for sure. Um, but I don't think that this this negative talk that we're seeing, I think this is a, a small group of crybabies as per usual uh, who, who think that, you know, they're entitled to something when they're not right. and they need to bash something just because uh, it may not be uh, going the way that they wanted it to. Uh, I don't think they have as big an impact as we might think uh, at some point. I think if the game comes out, I think if the game, again, is another critical success, uh, like most of Arcane's games have been, um, I think that will actually probably overwhelm any kind of any any of this negative talk that we're hearing right now. And I think it's still going to do well on Sony's platform. And I think then once you see it hit Game Pass, again, with that small built-in multiplayer mechanic that they do have, it could get interesting on Game Pass. It'd be kind of fun just to see one of your, you know, see one of your buddies on your friends list playing it and all of a sudden pop online and hop in his game and come after him as an assassin. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that we'll see it flourish obviously on game pass i think it'll definitely have a huge initial bump um you know from that and then we'll see it how you know we'll see what kind of legs it has at that point if it's one of those games that everybody tries out a lot like dishonored or dishonored 2 and then kind of falls off of it afterwards i think the steam average gameplay uh time is around 15 hours i want to say i think i looked it up the other day um so if, if but it, we'll just see where it's at at that point um but i think it'll do well uh on the playstation for the first year i think it, i think we'll see it okay and then i think we'll see a resurgence when it hits xbox hits game pass all of a sudden you've got you know third you know by that point who knows 40 million people on game pass maybe uh maybe even more at that point um being able to hop on try it out for free um and again free is is all relative to how you think about it um but again we're hopping on be able to download it just get into it and then maybe it'll take off again maybe it'll find a brand new audience over here but i think there's plenty of arcane fans everywhere it'll be supported but again, as I started this conversation, this is the great part about this acquisition. This is the great part about Game Pass. A studio like Arcane can go try a new IP like this and not worry about it. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you they're not closing up shop if Deathloop doesn't hit the way that they want it to, right? I, I can guarantee you they're going to be back again with another game, uh, whether it's Deathloop 2, whether it's another Dishonored, whatever the case may be. They're going to be back because guess what? Now they don't have to worry about that financial failure anymore. It is yeah. behind them. It is in the past. They now have Microsoft and Xbox over the top of them, giving them all the resources they need. And obviously, obviously, the creative team that is Arcane is something special. They do things that are very unique. And we know for a fact that Phil appreciates unique studios. So I think they are safe. And that's the good news. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Zemi Games, let's get your opinion on this and we'll move on yeah. to one of the bigger topics of tonight, of today, right? not tonight, today. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, again, it, it, it's just chatter. Uh, we, uh, you know, again, it didn't do anything for me personally. I, 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 I like Arcane, but this game did not hit and I'm not going to buy it on the PlayStation when I know it's coming for the Xbox one year later. I, I, I'm okay waiting because there's literally so much to play. 
But do you think that there is something to the chatter that people are not going to want to support this game because it is eventually going to Xbox Game Pass? But more specifically, the IP itself will probably, if there's a sequel, be on Xbox only. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of reasons to think that, you know, it it, it, it quite possibly you know, may not perform as well now as what it would have if maybe Bethesda, at least on the PlayStation side of things, if Bethesda didn't get acquired, right? Like, I, I think that there is solid reason to that, right? You know, for a lot of PlayStation fans, why would you want to maybe play this game whenever you know that you're more than likely never going to get to play the sequel unless you go buy uh, another console um, that honestly is probably not your preferred console, right? Um, you know, with that in the consideration, with also taking in consideration the hardcore, uh, you know, audience, you know, how negative could they potentially, um, how much negativity could they bring to this game's, you know, release on the console? How does that impact, you know, casual consumers, uh, so on and so forth? I, I think that there is a lot of reason to think that, you know, um, that this game may not perform as well in sales as what it previously would have before this acquisition. But with that being said, I think we also need to remember that Sony doesn't have a whole lot coming out, you know, right. and, and, That's you know, true. releases for them, especially first party kind of releases are, 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 are kind of sparse and, and that could, um, you know, definitely counteract, you know, any negativity that this game's launch might, you know, have. I hope this game comes out. I hope it's wildly successful. I hope tons of people purchase this game on PlayStation um, because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want this game to fail or anything like that, like, you know, on any console, ultimately, uh, regardless of what PlayStation fans uh, decide to buy, what they don't decide to buy. I don't think it has a huge impact on, on the game overall. Because, you know, it's going to be the Xbox consoles uh, that are going to get the exclusives, right? And it's going to, you know, and it's coming into Game Pass, you know, day and date. We've seen what the advantages of Game Pass are for, you know, getting uh, a player base into your game. Um, and and so I don't think, you know, um, Deathloop is going to fail, you know, whatsoever. Um, you know, it, it, it may have reduced, you know, uh, game sales on PlayStation for, you know, this reason or for that reason, we won't know until it happens. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I, I think that the game's in a pretty safe position, uh, especially with it being, you know, into and, in, you know, coming into Game Pass, you know, if it comes on PlayStation with lackluster, you know, sales or so on and so forth. Uh, it's going to be a year after that it comes into Game Pass. And, you know, if, uh, you know, past uh, games coming into Game Pass or any indication, I would say that it's going to be very, very successful on there. Uh, as for me, I'm actually a little bit different than you, Boom. Um, I, you know, whenever I first looked at Deathloop, I, I wasn't very interested in it, right? But the more I, I'm seeing it, the more I'm watching it, um, has got me more and more and more interested. And actually, after the state of play, um, I, I'm really thinking I'm actually probably going to buy the, the game for PlayStation so I can okay. experience that haptic trigger for a first-person shooter, which is something I haven't experienced yet. Um, so for me, I think I'm actually, I actually am going to, uh, to get the game on PlayStation just to, just to try out some more PlayStation features and you know, so on and so forth. Well, I mean, listen, again, it, it, it's not a $70 title, which is nice. Uh, it is a yeah. $60 title. That has been confirmed. Uh, which is which is great, and that's and that's funny that that's coming to uh, to PlayStation gamers as uh, you know again it's it's a Microsoft owned IP now, yeah. 
but it's the fact that it's not seventy dollars is make well, makes you scratch your head about the way Sony treats Sony treats yeah, their yeah. fans. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Xbox, you know, ultimately, you know, Bethesda Publishing is the people that are you know publishing the game. They, you know, uh, choose the price. If, yes. if, if I'm just wildly, you know, uh, ignorant here, they, you know, they do choose the price, and of course, Xbox owns them. Uh, and you know, it makes sense for them to sell the game at sixty. That's what they do every place else, and. You know, uh, if nothing else, the way that Xbox is treating um, maintaining their contracts is as fair as they possibly can. Yeah, which which is admirable. It, it certainly is, and again, it's just it, it's one of those things that I know that it's not really a part of the conversation per se, but it just makes you wonder how 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 long it's going to continue before because we know that all all Sony's games are seventy bucks uh, and, and more. And they're not changing that. That's just the way it is. And they're not giving upgrades. And that they're really not doing a whole mess of things that Microsoft is doing. And uh, I, I think that it would, it would, every time something is brought into the light, it's digging a deeper ditch for Sony. And I don't know. I mean, again, they're the market leaders. I think that there is definitely a cockiness here uh, that we saw going from PS2 to PS3 returning in some sort of a way that they feel that they might be unfallible. Uh, and I think that's going to come back to bite them. I honestly do. I'm not saying that they're going to fall off the face of the earth and then Xbox is going to win the day. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm saying that, you know, you keep doing moves like this that are considered, uh, consumer unfriendly or, or, or unfriendly uh, practices. They're going to have to answer that one day. Now, is that today? Yeah. I don't know. Is it tomorrow? We'll see. Uh, but I definitely want to get on to the next topic. And uh, I'm going to bring up some uh, Forza Horizon 3 footage, which I cannot wait to see. Because you're going to see how terrible of a driver I really am. And quite frankly, I am terrible. Um, but I definitely want to thank a couple of people. Uh, uh, Felix in the chat uh, drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, Thank you for the thoughtful and informative and cerebral cerebral conversation love it keep up the great work well thanks felix definitely appreciate that and i'm glad that you are enjoying the uh, the banter uh brandon x drops a very generous three dollars super chance says game pass is not free and netflix is free <laughs> okay listen whatever dude i mean i appreciate it that's funny dan lazaro generous friend of the show he drops a two dollars super chance says if you play one game everything after that is free indeed um, and uh, Mav dropped something into the chat. Uh, Sega just announced Company of Heroes 3. And I had to look what that game was because I normally don't play RTSs. So apparently that is a big deal. Uh, if you if you like Company of Heroes 1 and 2, Sega just announced Part 3. Um, and that we're all, co we're all caught up to date. So let, let's get into, you know, the, the, the thumbnail, folks, uh, that I'm enjoying. You can see that there's a significant amount of work that goes into these thumbnails. And I'm enjoying... I have finally found the style that fits Boom. So when you see these thumbnails, you know, that's got to be for Boomstick's channel. And it's one of the things I struggled with. And now I have figured it out after all of this time. But I got to go into one of the topics I'm excited to talk about. Now, this one is, uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, not, it's not made up because there, there's obviously some, uh, you know, we had some new footage of, Forza Horizon 5 get dropped by Playground Games on Twitter. Uh, it was a, uh, like a two-minute uh, uh, snippet of the car, of, of what looked like to be like a Lamborghini, driving through uh, the desert 
of Mexico, and it looked absolutely fantastic. But that's not what this topic is about. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of Forza Horizon's Hot Wheels, uh, specifically. But we've seen some really incredible and well-thought-out DLC uh, in many of the expansions that go, uh, you know, outside of just the Hot Wheels. Uh, Lego was a big one for Forza Horizon 4. Uh, the Winter Mountain DLC, which was uh, obviously Forza Horizon 3. We even saw a crossover with Fast and the Furious, uh, which I believe was free for everyone. Uh, but many in, the, many in this community have been asking, well, what's next for Playground Games when you start talking about expansions and DLC? Now, if you've been an avid listener to the Xbox Factor podcast, and I hope that you have. You remember a few years ago, I specifically wrote an original topic calling for Microsoft to invest in a Mario Kart-inspired ultimate Xbox kart racing type of game with the Sobo Studios leading the charge. Now, obviously, that did not happen. But the reason why I decided to talk about this... Well, listen, folks, the reality is... There has not been a lot of Xbox news. So when you have two Xbox shows, you got to make them interesting so that you will stay tuned in. And hopefully you will enjoy this one. I saw on Twitter, user at DrewFox81, a.k.a. Ghost Writer, uh, posed a similar request. And here is what he had to say. Uh, and going uh, directly, and this question was directly for we are playground which of course is their official twitter handle it says after lego and hot wheels what crazy dlc will at we are playground have in store for us for hashtag forza horizon 5 how about xbox island uh, with a coastal area looking like sea of thieves destroyed cities from gears open areas like maps from halo etc a great way to celebrate hashtag xbox 20 now listen folks i'm a big old nerd i think you know that already and i got goosebumps reading the guy's tweets because i think that it is an untapped market microsoft really works with a lot of teams specifically asobo but of course playground games being the racing geniuses they are how crazy would it be to come out of completely left field and offer up a DLC that wasn't your standard, hey, we got some new cars in a new locale with, you know, running on said tracks. Really coming out of left field and offering a game within a game. Like, telling the fans, hey, we know that you love Mario Kart, right? Now, we have seen these kart racing games go from Sonic to mario to even garfield like who the hell asked for a garfield kart racer but they had it out there now we've seen uh, crash bandicoot have a racer and it these things sell relatively well specifically like mario kart i mean it's the it's the og right it's 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 the big guy in the room but man wouldn't it be kind of dope if we could have a kart racing type of games with all of the characters that Microsoft has at their disposal. You know, you can get a Conquer racer in there. You can get a Banjo-Kazooie, which they had in the, um, I believe it was uh, the Xbox version of, of the Sonic racer. I mean, there's so many ways and, and the track designs. I mean, you can go from hell itself 
in, of course, Doom to the beautiful forests of Fable. And it would be pretty dope. Now, again, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. This is probably not going to happen. But what if it did? Zemi, I got to go back to you because you were part of that conversation way yeah. back in the days. Yeah. Is there something to be said about a kart racer for Xbox using the incredible IPs for said racer? I love the idea. I don't like the idea as like Forza DLC uh, because I think that that's like taking an amazing idea and just not giving it the justice that I think it deserves. So you think right? it should be its own game? I think it should be a standalone game, 110%. And, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, we, we know that Xbox, they love uh, jumping into multiple genres. And yes, it's true. They, they have a lot of racing games, but they don't really have a very, you know, arcadey uh, racing game. I guess you can kind of call Forza arcade if you want, but it's not really super arcadey. Um, and, and I think that there's also kind of a, a relatively big lack of, of, of child-friendly games, at least for the first-party, you know, uh, category of Xbox, you know, Xbox's lineup. And I think that this would would fill that void just absolutely perfectly. Um, you know, in, 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 you know, in some ways, it's kind of like, well, you know, you're just ripping off what Mario Kart is. And, and but is that a bad thing? Right? No, for Xbox no it is not a bad thing. Hey, you know, having the Master Chief on like a little warthog or something, uh, you know, <laughs> racing around, uh, you know, the, like the Halo ring, having, you know, Marcus Phoenix, you know, on, on uh, I don't even know what the vehicle is called in, in Gears, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Having um, the, the Fable guy racing a chariot or something or, or um, whatever. I really like the idea. I think that Xbox has enough characters especially now since they are really getting into acquisitions that just opens up the door on so many other uh potential you know characters and and worlds that could come into an art you know like an arcade racer um nintendo does it very very well with mario kart as you you know said there's been countless other examples of uh, other studios doing it with different ips and and it working very you know relatively successful with game pass i don't understand why they shouldn't do this you know have one game that encompasses all of the xbox you know uh, ips and franchises across all the generations i think it would be fantastic and i, I and you know a lot of the times we 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 like to talk about how you know uh, you know adding master chief to fortnite would be an amazing idea because it would introduce this younger generation to characters that they've maybe never played on before doing that with a kart racer is the same idea as you know putting master chief in into into fortnite right we're introducing a younger generation uh, to all of these characters that they quite frankly may have never even seen before um, which I think, you know, is is highly beneficial and, and just really kind of magical as well. So for me personally, I love this idea. I think Xbox should do it. It should be almost criminal that they haven't already currently done it. But I don't think it would be the greatest idea to do it as a Forza DLC. I think that that's limiting this idea way too much. I would love to see it as as a as a full scale uh, standalone game rather than just a DLC. You know what? I, and I, I like what you're I like where you're going. You know, Pong, one of the things that we literally just heard Phil Spencer talk about was what what is absent from 
their portfolio besides a fighting besides a, a fighter bringing back <laughs> is the kid games right, right? The, the family friendly type of games now i know asobo studios they're hard at work on of course flight sim which comes out very soon they're also working on a follow-up to uh, one of zemi's favorite games of all time with the rats I, plague's, uh, tale. plague's tale a plague's tale um so we know that they're hard at work right uh, they they have they, themselves have made been a part of games that had driving uh, uh, that they were a part of that they developed. So they'd be the the easy answer. But this is where like a TT Games comes into into play here, right? Like I, we talked about it last night on whether or not they're still for sale, whether or not Nether Realms is still for sale because the CEO said otherwise. Listen, he's full of s. I'm gonna tell you right now, and I'm not. I would not be surprised if an announcement comes. I'm not saying that it's going to happen this year. It could potentially happen this year, but I, I have a feeling that the NetherRealm thing is much closer and TT Games are much closer to bringing those two uh, companies to Xbox Game Studios. Now, with that said, there's a lot of what-ifs here, but I still think if you offered up your own cart type of racing to an already... because It really would check the boxes, at least for me, right? You have your arcade racer in, in in forza right and forza horizon you have your you know car buff guy racers in motorsport which is coming out next year right that we're going to be talking about their uh the you know the forecast for xbox game releases on thursday's show but they don't have the kid friendly one and my god they have an opportunity here to really Buck what people expect Microsoft to do. And I think that Zemi's on to something. Maybe you don't make it a DLC. Maybe you make it its own freaking game and you give us 12, 16 courses that go that span through the entire ecosystem of Xbox. And there's so many ways you can bring Halo and Gears and Forza and Fable and Avowed and Doom. And, 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 and could you imagine racing your cart through Skyrim, how freaking cool would that be? So again, you know, people from Microsoft, listen, I'm a knucklehead. I'm with a, with a microphone, so you're probably not going to hear me anyway. But with that said, I still think there is it it, it. it should be a thing. What do you think, Pong? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think Phil, if you're listening, uh, whoever's listening from Xbox, you know what? Come to Boom's podcast because we give you guys million dollar ideas every single and week. And get no credit for it. <laughs> Correct. We don't ask for any credit. You know what? Just no. make it happen. Just, Just make, make it happen. happen. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I think this is a great idea. So here, here's my idea. We also heard um, Phil talk, I think, uh, in the latest interview too, about community created content becoming bigger and bigger as well. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the deal. I would start it out as a DLC with Playground heading it up for Forza Horizon 5. And what I would do is create all the assets, right? Uh, make it fun, just like you did with Hot Wheels. Uh, make it crazy. Make it zany. Drop. Get all the assets built. And then go ahead um, and now they have the event lab. Turn event lab into what Forge is for Halo. Let yeah. your community run wild. Drop the assets in there. Let them come up with 
crazy ideas that eventually become its own game, just like we've seen with Halo, right? We've seen that through the years where something has become big and forged, and all of a sudden they drop it as official game, right? So go ahead and do that. You've got the platform right now right there in front of you. All you got to do is create some crazy, wacky assets, just like you did for Hot Wheels, like we're seeing on screen right now, right? All you got to do is create a whole separate set, let your community build the game. You could come out with a basic game. You can come out with a basic kart racer right out the gates and do that, but then let your community run wild with it and see what they come up with and see that if it becomes as big as we think it could be, then you've got yourself a standalone game down the road that you can release and you know it's already going to be a hit. But that's my idea with this event lab that they're introducing. You've got the perfect opportunity to let your community do the work for you other than creating the assets themselves. Come up with some crazy tracks, whatever the case may be. Throw in power-ups, throw in weapons, whatever you want to do, right? However you want to make it. Just do that. But again, everybody is correct on this, that they have the stable of IPs to do something really phenomenal uh, yeah. like that. Um, and and it would be, it would be, they've got, they've got such a diverse collection of IPs right now that you, you could come up with some crazy levels, crazy tracks, whatever the case may be. And it would be phenomenal. It would work out you know, it, it perfectly. Uh, so I think that's what you do. And don't forget this as well. A lot of people forget Microsoft does own the RC Pro-Am IP. That has not been used for a long time. They gained that when they bought Rare. Yes. I loved RC Pro-Am back I in the day. I bought the controller. Remember the controller with that? Yes. Oh, yes. man. That's good. I, that's, that's OG racing right you there. You can combine both of those and bring back RC Pro-Am in a brand new freaking cool way with crazy wacky racers um with you've got all the licenses for the vehicles you've got all this stuff there's so many different combinations you could make in this scenario that i think it is a missed opportunity if they're not looking at it not thinking about it now that we've seen playground they've got two teams obviously uh they are doing wonders obviously fable is going to be their next huge focus and i obviously i know most of the team's probably going to move over to fable once they push out Forza, but you know what? You've got, you, you can certainly make a smaller team to do something like this. And then, like I said, you don't even have to do the majority of work. Let the community do the majority of the work. Just expand event lab, make it, make it Forza's forge version of forge. Yeah. And just expand that's a, out. That's on a it. fantastic that's, idea. That's dude. where I'm at. Yep. That's yeah, where I'm at. I mean, look, I'm going to say this. There comes a point where, listen, You've heard me complain about this. You've heard Zemi talk about this on, on numerous shows about how, well, specifically me, how I appreciate the way PlayStation celebrates their classic IPs, right? Now, Microsoft is doing so, right? We saw the return of Fable. We saw the return of Perfect Dark, and that's a great start. Halo OG coming back in a big way this year. Forza, obviously, Horizon, which just keeps looking better and better. That 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 game may release at, at, at like a nine, 90 something meta because it just every time we see it, it just keeps getting better, right? Racer or not, you know, pillar or not, it's still an important piece for uh, for Xbox. But they have so many dormant IPs yep. that could be used as DLC for characters. I mean, you can go and you can. 
you can go all the way back to the OG Xbox days. You know, you can get like a plane, a car that kind of looks like a plane and get Crimson Skies. Yep. Uh, you know, the character, the, the lead pilot for that. I mean, you can go back and you can pull Cameo from the old rare Xbox 360 game and give her a racer of some sorts. It, it, it's such a wide open range and it would really just check all the boxes for Microsoft. It would give a third racer. Right, it would give them a, a a kart racer where we know Mario is king, where we know people are still playing like Crash Team Racing. Right, it would be Microsoft's own first party IP, and they have and they could get really look look at for instance what Mario does, what Nintendo does. Each one of those levels are through some of the games you played growing up. F Zero. Donkey Kong, Bowser's Castle. It just goes on and on. And they could really celebrate all of these incredible IPs that they're currently sitting on through a racer. Could you imagine what a Halo... Could you imagine racing around a Halo ring? How freaking crazy cool would that be? Yep. And I like your idea. Make a Forge-level type of situation in Forza. Give us the fans. And listen, I'm not going to design anything. I could barely tie my shoe. So I'm not <laughs> worried about that. But I'm just saying that there, there are people in this community that have development-level skills like 3Bit, who I'd love to see get crazy with this, who is not here with us today. He'll be back next week. Mav, let's get your opinion on this. Look, I know that you know uh, when we talk about family-friendly things – if you look through Xbox Game Pass, there's stuff for kids, but there's not enough of it, specifically in the first party. And a kart racing game, my God, that would be so cool. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, first first off, I've been pitching three bit ideas for like ever since he as uh, I met the guy. <laughs> I can't get him to make anything, so I don't know if this is gonna work. But um, yeah, dude, as, as far as like Xbox goes, like. Um, there is like a a gap there that can yeah. be filled. Now they do have some stuff like Psychonauts Two is coming out, right? And we also have um, some other stuff, Minecraft Dungeons. We got Minecraft. You know, they they do have stuff for kids, but the, there's also a hole because every platform almost kind of has like their cart racer you know what i mean so i would i would love to see that happen um i think pong said what the name should be crazy wacky racers because he, he said crazy wacky racer and i was like hey that sounds like a good name um now i got i got one other thought on this free to play mm -hmm. okay going back on what zimmy said make it its own thing but if you now, not I everything needs to be free to play, but if you were to make a kart racer, it's just like you could. It, it's a genre that seems like it is tailor made for the free to play model because you can have new customization keep coming out. Kind of think about what Rocket League did, right? Uh, when they went free to play, all the stuff that comes out, they have the seasons and everything, but the accessibility of getting into it is like is like nothing, right? So um, think about that. But a kart racer with xbox stuff everywhere it would be amazing and, and another thing i think they should uh bring back in, in a big way that kind of goes with this theme that we're talking about is fusion frenzy oh yeah man yeah i agree 
that 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 was such a classic game on the original Xbox. It Again, was made it for all ages. Of exactly what we're talking about. That yep. would bring back that family type of environment that Phil Spencer literally just talked about. Yeah, and you could do a lot. You, you could make it more than just what Fusion Frenzy was. You could do a lot of different things with it, right? Um, you, you think about like uh, Fall Guys and uh, and stuff like that, right? So you could make Fusion Frenzy take it a, a step further, make it make it bigger, just go off that concept, right? So um, I, I think there's definitely room to improve. The, the question is who's going to make the games, right? And that's what Phil always goes back to with things like this. Uh, we know that Rare doesn't want to make Banjo. That's confirmed. Right? Yeah. They don't want to so, do it. It's, it's just curious, like, who are they going to get, right? The TT Games thing makes sense, right? Because then all of a sudden, uh, they wouldn't necessarily come with a Lego license. So the, all of a sudden, they're going to be making whatever you, you assign them, right? So they, they, could, they have the talent to make a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, uh, you say a Sobo. I say another one would be Delala. Ah, oh, they're um, a good studio too. Yes, Platonic. Played Platonic. There's a, there's a lot of talent out there, but who knows if they're free or if they're working on projects uh, currently? All, all of these type things. You know what I mean? So, um, I definitely want this stuff to happen. And this is another reason why Xbox is still in the acquiring phase. As, as much as we all say, hey, they got 23 studios. Everything's good. You know what? It's uh, There's still room for more Yeah, to, because they have specific needs. Like Phil said, they don't have the team to build the Killer Instinct, right? They, they need a fighting game studio. Play. <laughs> I hope so. Like They need a fighting game studio, and they need some more of these type of, of – um studios as well another another uh, studio i'm just throwing this out there that i think could do something like that would be double fine yeah because before they started working on psychonauts 2 they were churning out a lot of smaller games more frequently right uh, you had like the costume quest you had iron brigade um you had broken age you had a lot of games that were kind of releasing more succession now psychonauts 2 they've been working as a bigger project they've been working on it for for a while now um, that's one of the reasons I think it's going to be stellar. I think it's going to actually absolutely surprise a lot of us. But when when they ship that game, they could be utilized in a way to get more of these type of experiences out. So um, we'll we'll see what goes what goes on with them after the, after that. Yeah, I mean, listen again. This was a fun topic. This is one I thought would generate a good conversation with the chat. It has, uh, and I agree. I I, I think that uh, Zemi's onto something here. It almost would be a, a, a I don't want to say a waste because it really would it really be no because we we get a cart racer. But I think that it's so important that it does warrant its own official release. And I, and I I gotta tell you, Mav, what what, what great great uh, addition to the conversation. Free to play. I think that is freaking fantastic because you get people from everywhere to play that game. And again, it, would it be as big as Fortnite? I, I, I don't, I can't say for sure. But could they team up with Fortnite and get the head, you know, the the face of Fortnite to have his own card in there? Yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah. they could. And you know something? It, it again. This is something I don't think is going to happen. But I almost feel that it is a missed opportunity. If anyone from Microsoft is watching, and we know that you do, I have that confirmed that they do. Man, this is an idea you might you might you might want to put you know toss around. 
you know, I mean, I, I don't have the hotline to fill, so I, 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 you know, I can't make the suggestion personally, but I, I can say that it is, it is a, a, an idea that I think is worth taking a look at. You know, get people around the table, get a Tim Schaefer to say, hey, Tim, what do you think about this? Because we know that, you know, we, are they working on something else? Well, I don't know, but I know that they're hard at work in finishing Sakonats too, which looks freaking fantastic. Uh, and I cannot wait to get my hands on that. But let, before we do the outros and get everyone out of here, because folks, we're co- we're co- we usually do a 90 minute show. We're a little, uh, you know, for this particular show, the two hour show comes on Thursday. Got to thank a couple of people. Damn the man Cunningham, good and generous friend of the show. He drops a very generous five dollars. Super Chat says Microsoft needs another fusion frenzy with Banjo Conquer, etc. You see who said Ban- who said who said fusion frenzy before? There you man. go. That map. So th- there you go. I-, I absolutely agree. Bay Area, generous friend of the show. He drops a five dollars. Super Chat says what's up, Boom and Panel? Boom, you got me thinking now. When the Xbox gets ne- when they get Netherrealm, and I like what I like I like what you're putting down there, fella. <laughs> How about a Smash-like fighting game with all their characters? You see, now you're getting crazy, and I love it because we saw Sony do it, and it's a cult classic. Now I don't know about the fighting thing. I think I say why not? You know, have all these types of games. They have the characters, but a kart racer. Oh man, that'd be the chef kiss for me. That would be the chef's kiss from Boom to get a third racer, and I think that is. Great. You know, you again, you have your arcade type of racer with your Forza Horizon. You get your, you know, your, 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 you know, your car uh, enthusiast uh, racer in motorsport and your kid friendly one, your free to play one that brings people into the ecosystem, especially at a young age. And you get all the wacky racing type of deals. I, I think it would be fantastic. Uh, Drawn TJ, generous friend of the show. He drops on a very generous five dollars. Super says, "Don't forget, Microsoft Reward Point system can pay for Game Pass just for playing games. Indeed, it has. I am sitting on like I think thirty or forty thousand points. It's it, it, it it's the gift that keeps giving. I it's it's ridiculous. But listen, folks, this has been a fantastic show. Hopefully, you are in you enjoyed it. If you did, hit the like button. If you're new, welcome. Please consider subscribing to the uh, you know to the channel." You know we're on the we're on the march, folks, to 10k, and we're just under 1400 away. And when that happens, Mrs. Boomstick and I are giving away two massive prizes: an Xbox Series X with a year of Game Pass and a runner-up prize, which is not too shabby. An Xbox Series S with a year of Game Pass, simply for subscribing to the channel. And normally we don't run contests like that, but I really want to hit 10k before the end of 2021 and it would be a big deal for this small channel to hit that mark uh, again you know it's one of those it's one of those um for a youtuber it's like one of those important uh, goals you know you get your first sub you get your first 100 subs you get your first 1000 subs and for me the next big goal would be 10k and, and you get put on the i'm going to pay you a little bit of mine list for uh, for for uh for YouTube, because normally they don't really give a flying shit about you unless you're 100K or more. And that's the truth. Uh, but I'd like to get to 10K. And uh, it, when we get there, we're going to celebrate with the community by giving away two monster prizes. Uh, we also have a contest coming next week. Not going to tell you what it is. This is Mrs. Boomstick's idea. I'll tell you what the name of the contest is. It's called Christmas in July. And two shows next week, the Tuesday and Thursday, Xbox Factor podcast. We're giving away some prizes both days. And all you got to do is be in the chat. And that's it. 
and if you're in the chat and this is Boomstick, you know, does the picker and your name is there, you know, we're not going to reveal the prizes just yet because she's still brainstorming. That was her idea on the way to work this morning, as a matter of fact. She says, you know, we need to give away some stuff. We haven't done it in a while. And I'm like, well, what are your thoughts? And she says, what about a Christmas in July contest? And I said, I really do like that. So that's all Mrs. Boomstick. And I'll be uh, you know, talking about that towards the end of the week. So tune in to either Thursday's Xbox Factor podcast or, of course, Friday's new uh, episode of Breakfast with Boom. But let's get to the outros. We're going to start with first, the cog that keeps this show running each and every week, the bald and beautiful Zemi Games. Too bad his too bad his beard grew back. Boo, Zemi. Zemi, tell everyone where they can reach out to you on social media. But more importantly, check out your incredible website uh, that you have uh, that you've been putting together for what seems like months now, and uh, talk about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and for those who are you know curious about the website, what's happening with it, <clears throat> all that good stuff. There are some changes that are coming to the website, so you know don't worry. The website, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, I'll start talking about the website again, you know, relatively soon. Um, but, uh, for right now, you guys can go check out my YouTube channel. It's called constant gamer. Uh, I do a bunch of, uh, gaming news, uh, reviews, uh, tutorial videos, just a ton of gaming content. So if that's your type of thing, uh, definitely drop by, check out the constant, uh, gamer YouTube channel, watch some videos. If you like the content, you know, be, you know, be sure to subscribe. Uh, and then you guys can also uh, follow me on Twitter at Zimmy Games. Uh, I post all the you know typical stuff that you know someone uh, would I guess typically post on Twitter. You know I'll post about gaming news, reply to people, all you know that typical stuff. So if you uh, if you want to, be sure to follow me on uh, Twitter as well. Boom! Fantastic show as always. Uh, can't wait uh, for next week. Um, yeah, man, just you know excited. Well, I'm glad to have you a part of this show each and every week and look forward to, uh, you know, coming back next uh, Tuesday with this fine crew. Pong Soul, brother, you've been doing some great stuff. I know you had to take some time off from your Saturday show. Obviously, uh, both you and Steel Rain were very public. It's some some stuff, some serious stuff going on. And I know that I just saw uh, him post something on Twitter that he's going to be coming back soon. Tell everyone about what other shows you're on and more importantly, what else you got going on? absolutely brother oh man what another great show god it's so good to get back to talking about video games like i said i've been so busy man i miss it uh this is just an awesome way to start my day and now i gotta go to real life but that's that's the way it works so <laughs> so <laughs> we're enjoy this while it lasts uh but no anyways thank you again brother uh great show zemi thank you so much man of course as always uh, i'm kind of disappointed we didn't get uh really a big boo zemi kind of moment today He's slipping up a little bit. We need to get you back, brother. We need to get you back. <laughs> so, uh, of course, my brother from another Mav being here with my extended family is always awesome, especially since we were missing 3-Bit today. 3-Bit, uh, I hope uh, Workday is going easier for you. Uh, but you guys can find me, Pong, Soul, everywhere. Um, obviously, Xbox and Twitter. I'll be back on uh, Friday, obviously, with Xbox Ultimate with the aforementioned brother from another Mav, aka Fun Speculation, his amazing wife, Caitlin, and the rest of the Magnificent Seven Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. 
Saturday morning, Steel Rain and I will be back with Living Split Screen. We appreciate everybody's understanding, love, and support. Uh, again, real life happens. That's the way it is. There's nothing to be done about it. So we missed episode 16 last week, so we'll be doing episode 16 this week. Again, please come out and check us out. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, 3 p.m. UK time. Um, and man, you know Steel and I are going to have a lot to talk about. We might go for four hours to make up. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> with him and I. So, so come check us out Saturday morning and then Saturday night, the shot podcast, with PTK Blam, Centurion, Fuzzy Belvedere, and Stagorilla. Um, Stag may still be taking some time off himself for real life stuff, but uh, that's where you can find us. Great show, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Um, but again, love you all. Chat, you guys are amazing. Some amazing people that show up all the time. Yeah. We did. So it's just crazy each and every week. We appreciate you. We love you. And you had great conversations going on. So again, nothing but love and respect. Get out there, play what you love, love what you play, and we'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Mav, want to get you on out of here, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. You've become a regular on this version of the <laughs> Xbox Factor podcast, and we love it. And of course, want to really help you push your channel uh, as well. You've been doing some great things over there. I know that you're really big on Twitch. And of course, your Friday evening show that I think a lot of people are starting to find and enjoy because of the crew. The Magnificent Seven that includes Pong Soul, includes your wife, which is ultra cool, and, of course, the rest of that incredible team. Uh, I mean, listen, what, what could you say? The, 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 the proof's in the pudding. We love what you do over there. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday evenings, the, ultimate X, the Xbox Ultimate Podcast. Talk about that and what else you got going on there, Mav? Yeah, boom. Uh, thanks again, as always, uh, for the extreme support you show for, for us. It means a lot, dude. Um, and yeah, we got Xbox Ultimate Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's a blast. It's it's kind of like our our main staple show that we've had on, on the channel for a while. Um, check me out streaming. I started a Plague Tale last night. Um, loving the game. Uh, I can't believe I put it off for so long. Um, we also have a, a two two more podcasts now. I'm trying to play catch up to Boom. Boom's on four. So we're <laughs> we are now a well, we're a three show channel now. So uh, we have Fun Pop on Wednesday nights at right. uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern, and that is uh, Marvel, DC, uh, comic books, TV shows, movies, and all that kind of fun stuff. But we just announced a new show coming to the channel. Yes. Um, and that is an, a different one. It's definitely different. And it's going to feature a lot more of my wife, Caitlin, um, as some of you know, as fancy. And that's coming on Saturday. God help at, us. At 6 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. And that is going to be the Mav and Fancy show. And we will have guests, and I guarantee you there will be shenanigans and lots of laughter. Who doesn't like and shenanigans? There's I mean, a lot. There's going to be shenanigans. Man. 18 uh, plus, for sure. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> we'll see what all happens. It's We'll talk about games, but we'll also talk about whatever else. It's going to be a blast. So, uh, guys, come check that out. And that's Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. So, starting this Saturday. Uh, appreciate nice. everybody. Well, we're looking forward to that and seeing what you bring to the channel. Obviously, yeah, listen, you know, I, I've tried numerous shows. Some things, some things are great. Some things fail. I mean, never be afraid to try new things. And this seems like you're going to get a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with your wife, with guests. And I think that's super cool. I, I, I really think that you have something there. We're looking forward to definitely checking out 
uh, yourself and, of course, Miss Fancy, uh, which I think that she says in a tweet recently that the dog is going to be little or Lil Fancy, from what we understand. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. But uh, listen, folks, this has been a great show. It's fun, right? It, we come here. You come to hang out. You come to have fun. Uh, we talk about topics that may be a little bit off of the radar on many shows, but that's why you come here, because everything matters. And, of course, we get into, you know, sometimes it's a serious conversation regarding a dev and how they're being treated by X whatever. And sometimes it's something like, you know, hey, listen, we want a cart racer in our lives, and Microsoft, you need to make this happen. But you can only find that here on Double Barrel Gaming and on the Xbox Factor Podcast. And, of course, I want to thank all the Super Chats that came in. The generosity continues to be humbling more than words that I could speak. And, of course, I want to thank the over 400 people we had here today. Uh, the support has just been crazy. And if you're new, please consider subscribing to the channel. The fun we had today is what you're going to get each and every episode. And I do four live streams per week. Yes, it's a lot of work, but I absolutely love it because I'm retired and I can do it. So, folks, uh, I'll close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day will be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice, you live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you on Thursday's newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast.